0: Hello, I'm Sean MacDonald. You're listening to Bletherd, and my guest is filmmaker and director Stuart Chasimri. We talk about Stuart's upbringing after moving to the UK from Kenya when he was just two years old. We discuss his BAFTA nominated documentary Black and Scottish and his experiences as a black man in Scotland, plus other projects. And Stuart reflects on the influences of his mum and how her guidance shaped his commitment and drive through everything he does. And as always, there's plenty more. Filmmaker, creator, writer, campaigner, father, partner, you're loads and loads of different things, but you were once just a wee boy mm-hmm. in Kenya. Mm-hmm. How how old were you
1: when you left to go to London? Um, around the age of two, three years old. It's funny that we were looking at pictures and it was me as a one and a half year old in Kenya with... With Jean, the two of us sitting, little baby clothes and two puppies beside us, and it's funny because we don't we don't want to have dogs, but at the time I was told that this we loved these um little puppies, so that's the only, only image I I remember. Um, and then we moved over in two, two three years old, so I don't really remember much of of Kenya, which is where we were both born. Um. What I do remember, probably from about the age five, mm-hmm. um, coming up to, to Scotland, um, to live, um, and it's looking back now that was what that was nine nineteen eighty nine, 19 sorry nineteen eighty five. So you imagine what that that was like, mm. you know, being a a young black young family. My mum being, you know, she had me fairly young. So she she went through qu- uh, quite a lot, but obviously she protected me as a young kid. So mm. good. we we'll talk about
0: your mum. Three degrees, so she's obviously that's no. I'm not making the reference to the music act. By the way, she has three university degrees. That's yeah, right. She isn't does. It? Yeah. So obviously, exceptionally switched on and and mm-hmm. hardworking and intelligent. What what caused you to to leave
1: Kenya to to head to the UK in the first place? It's it's funny that because the reason I would say we are here is. Jean's dad, Jean's dad was an English teacher and um, he went over to teach English in um, Kenya and Uganda so he met Jean's mum over there mm-hmm. and um, such a big family my my family's all about education, education so mm-hmm. she, um, my mum I would say kind of tagged along because they'd yeah. moved over to it, the whole family had moved over to the uk and in africa it's like you know it's all about coming to the uk big education education and mm-hmm. then as they get older you're supposed to go back you know back to the village back to um uganda and you yeah, as a doctor or a lawyer so they had that mindset so they we came along with them. So my mum was in Uganda at the time and then moved over to Kenya. Um, and yeah, she, she, that's the reason we were over. Her, her dad's name was John, John Anderson. Mm-hmm. So I look at him and go, you're the kind of reason that, that we're here. He's originally from Dundee. And then, G, then they moved up to Byers Road and lived in Glasgow for a bit. And then I don't know how the hell they ended up in Port Glasgow of all places. But, <laughs> but yeah, my mum... Um, she had me fairly young and just all just about education, education, education like mm. just take advantage of what you have here you know she'd always say to me or oh, your cousin you've hundreds of cousins that would love to be over here so just had that mentality of you have to be better to than everyone
0: else Yeah, for anybody in case I haven't mentioned it in my intro which is recorded after this but um, we're talking about Gene Johansson TV presenter, your cousin um that so I interviewed Gina had her on the podcast and we did it over Zoom and frustratingly the the audio was oh was like done in as can annoyingly can happen. Mm-hmm. Um I and she I forgot that she'd explained that about her dad, so her dad went over there to teach. It's so funny that how that's then resulted in both your lives. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. and how you both can ended up in I mean, this different facets of the same industry. It's crazy. I
1: remember. I remember actually. Like, so we had uh, my auntie's living room and kitchen. They had like a. I don't know what you call it. It's like a like little, the wee one, the wee hatch. Yeah, little hatch. So they'd pass food through there. Right? <laughs> and I remember um, Jean us sitting in the living room and looking into the kitchen, and Jean would stand there as a television presenter and Blue Peter and here's one I prepared earlier, so mm-hmm. she'd be making something and she'd have it and this is the final <laughs> and it's great and I would be in the other side with the camcorder filming her. Yeah. I just think that is mad how That is funny. It's unbelievable how that's trans transpired. Like uh, I always
0: in- say when when somebody follows their instinct, whatever it comes intuitively or whatever comes most natural, that they're basically acting out and pursuing what is a dream that's been given mm-hmm. to them. Mm-hmm. And I always talk about this because when you hear a kid's adamant they want to be a vet or a nurse or a doctor or a teacher or a fireman, I'm like, that kid doesn't really know what that entails. yet. Yeah, mm-hmm. they so deeply want to be mm-hmm. it. And more often than not, they kind yeah, of go and pursue it, like, it and yeah. do it. And the whole thing about when you go after your heart's desire, the universe conspires to make it happen. All that, Paulo yeah. wellia stuff. And it can be airy-fairy at times, but you're like, I think there's something, there's something there, there, there because... Why, as a kid then, would you not have the inclination to be like elbowing or out the way and be like, no, let me be in front and centre, you want to yeah, be the I one. Know, I knew that I wanted to be the one behind the camera. Telling the story. Um, You've some you you've said this before, I've always had the core mission of telling new and untold diverse stories. Mm-hmm. Did you feel that even then that you wanted to be, I'm sure you were aware of your differences in that mm-hmm. culturally, mm-hmm. but is that something did you actively think this is what i want to do i want to be i want to be the one who's telling the story
1: i would say um i would say you know see when you're see when you're a kid right you're playing with your friends and you you're looking out and you don't see your skin color because you're Mm -hmm. amongst your friends so when i was amongst my white friends when i would when i would meet another group of um boys or whatever um they would obviously be some racism and that was when it was like okay i'm, I'm black okay mm-hmm. i guess so it wasn't until a lot a lot older that i got fed up and i was like people don't understand my culture people don't understand why i say and do certain things i was getting to the point where i was getting frustrated and that probably happened at probably around the age of like 19 so before that um didn't really have any inclination to do that the film didn't really properly kick in till the, the early 20s but um that core story i think probably was there from a young age because as a young boy when people don't understand you you want them to understand you but what is the best way to explain that as a young mm-hmm. kid you're not going to sit down your mates and go guys this is what it's like for me yeah you don't know you know s- I mean you're still trying to make sense of it yourself aren't you yeah
0: exactly yeah. Because you've described that's another way you've described yourself when you were younger as a curious mind. Mm -hmm. Do you think your curiosity was born from curiosity about yourself, and then just kind of extrapolated
1: into other fragments of a hundred percent? Because because when. We'd moved to Glasgow. There wasn't any black people around. But then I started to meet black people in Glasgow. I started to hear them say similar things Mm -hmm. to the point where we didn't even have to discuss it anymore because we knew this is what it's going to be like. I remember the things like guys would come up to you and be like, oh, I'm into Tupac and Biggie and hip hop music. And, you know, you must be into that or you Mm -hmm. must know um, Kabagi or whatever. Down he stays in the south side, you must know him, you know. (laughs) Yeah. and then when you start to hear that you go we've, we've been through some similar things and even with, with Jean as well what she would do is people would say to her you must love this black artist mm-hmm. and she would switch it up and say no I'm into Blur I'm into Oasis and just from a young age she knew to do that whereas with me I would kind of play along but she always she, she knew who she was at a very young mm-hmm. age Um, so, so yeah I would say yeah I would say from from meeting other people that's when I decided that you know what um there's similar stories so some some way somehow I need to mm-hmm. go out there and share them tell them your journey to getting to that
0: point very varied very into art as a youngster mm-hmm. but starting
1: off as a musician mm-hmm. what did that entail? it's funny that because I don't talk about it Um I, I, I was a DJ when I was in my teens I was I wanted to get into rap music and I loved most of rappers in the 90s. And then I started to produce music from DJing and I, you know, when you're DJing with instrumentals, I started to hear songs in my head. And then um, I managed to get this gig through a friend of mine, I think it was the Mobile Awards, and I was putting together music and producing and working with a female artist and I actually did really, really well. I supported... You guys like Naz and Busta Rhymes and Dizzy Rascal. Sometimes. I went on tour throughout the whole of the UK. I was at Ministry of Sound and arrived at Ministry of Sound and like 5,000 people standing there and um, Freshers Week gigs. And honestly, like the, the amount of people I, I supported was was amazing. Mm-hmm. I, was known, I was known as the SK at the time. And yeah, basically I got into music and then, As a young youngster, you want a really cool music video, so I got I got someone to not a production company, but someone who would make videos at the time to make me a music video, and I didn't like it. I just I wanted it to be like the music videos I'd see in the states, Mm -hmm. and then from there I was like, this I don't, I need to make it myself, and that's the reason why I picked up a camera. Mm -hmm. You know, actually, before that, we were doing. Album covers, CD covers. So setting up an artist and setting up the lighting kind of indirectly started it all off, and it was still obviously it was there were stills, and then we moved on to the music video stage. So that was kind of my first foray into wanting to be in front of the camera and mm-hmm. be be someone, and I managed to do really well. But at the time, there was no Twitter or there was no social media, yes. so it was, I was a bit it was a bit early at the time. But I think if I'd done the same things now, I genuinely think that I would have done really well, but just most so of the fact that I had that association with all of these big artists, mm-hmm. you know? You've spoken about about how
0: you how you shoot things, but the way the light has things graded and I think maybe it's for a bit. I don't know what that actually have. means. And I was like, God man, you must have went through some some rigorous and, and extensive training and courses mm-hmm. to learn these things but it's not the case is it self-taught? No, it's
1: all self, everything I've done is all self-taught and that comes from from my mum and I always say to people out there like it's all online everything is online and the beautiful thing about creatives is they're happy to share how they do things so I would say I got into that properly about 10 years ago but before that I was a Digital designer, designing for Nike and Puma and BT, BBC. I was a lead designer for um a couple of production um uh, creative design and um companies, and then for Lloyd's Banking Group and Clydesdale, I was I was the top guy, you know, mm. I was the last point of contact. So I've had that career as well. That's how I made money before, and then mm. I just took the plunge and went, you know what? Forget that. I need to make black and Scottish though. Yeah. Yeah. so
0: it's it's not it's definitely not money and prestige then that motivates you it's just is it because then people will be listening there might be somebody listening who's aspiring to get to that position they're like what you just what you just chucked it and walked I away I did yeah. but then so that I suppose is
1: highlights your your curiosity yeah. taking pr- precedent or priority over I, everything I, I tell you honestly as a, I was a contractor and honestly financially I was absolutely fine mm-hmm. you know had no issues there and then moving into television you know you have to get the commissions it takes it takes months and then it's in the installments and it's definitely not the same but I've had to stick I've thought a few times to go back before but I had to I just had to stick to it because Mm -hmm. it isn't it isn't about money because when you get messages and emails and from from mums and people telling you what the documentary has done that you can't mm. put a price on that, can you? We'll talk about black and Scottish um, one thing I do want to highlight, your mum once said to you
0: you're going to have to work five times harder than the white people because they will not look at you until you are an exceptional human That's being one, yeah. has, do those words just always ring in your ears when you, you start doing something you think I need to first of all obviously work exceptionally hard but to, to sort of go the distance to to prove yourself Do you still feel that need to oh, prove yourself oh
1: definitely I do I won't say that to my kids because yeah. then instantly you're making them think well what's the reason but a hundred percent and the reason she was saying that is because um just she said to me imagine being a woman in the 80s and techno and tech you're a computer programmer and imagine being black mm-hmm. and imagine being young uh, yeah. and she's like I've watched people who I was much better that get promotions and yeah. so she knew that it was so she just basically passed that on to me. And when you're, mm-hmm. I mean, your and when your mum tells you that at a young age, you ask yourself, "Well, why is that?" And then you understand about racism at a young age. And then you go, "Right, do you know what? I'm going to work." And that's the reason why mm-hmm. you know I'd finish work and come back and start working on something till like midnight every night. Yeah. Just, I'm absolutely obsessed with obsessed with creating, obsessed with with, with doing well. Um, and she's done really well. My my younger brothers. I've got three younger brothers, and one was a Celtic uh, coach, and then he went over to, to live in the states as a as a scout, mm-hmm. and now lives over there and is a massive soccer coach. And then my two one's got a, one got a scholarship, sports scholarship, wow. and then the other is now studying to be a lawyer. So she's got four four boys who have done extremely well. Mm-hmm. And I was saying to her statistically in London, four boys and growing up with a with a single mum. Yeah That does not happen It's very rare Do you think Being out of that London bubble
0: Do you think He might have ended up Going down a different path If he had been down
1: there Well It's, it's a funny It's a good question Because they didn't They didn't Because So My younger brother Who's who's 33 He has a Scottish accent Like me He yeah. grew up in Scotland Whereas my younger two brothers Grew up in London but by that point My mum was established And doing well Yeah You see So it a, you just never know But then Going down to London From the outside Looking in As a black Scot I'm, I go down there And I, I'm I'm scared at times Aye I'm looking at it Like oh my god Look at these like, These guys will, will stab you In a second You can't look at someone Obviously I'm generalising Yeah You, you can... know I Maybe <laughs> Yeah Talking
0: about accents, because remember we spoke about this on the phone the other day? We did, yeah. And it's such a contentious one where I was like tongue-in-cheek saying I just look down on people who are Scottish and they pick up the accents of... Other places, like if they've been living in America, and all of a sudden you've got American twang, I'm yeah. like, "What a fucking asshole!" Like, yeah, I know what are you doing. I'm not. I mean, there's certain actors I can think of. I'm not going to name them. Mm-hmm. Don't want to. I know. I know a few of them.
1: <laughs> um, but Butler, maybe. <laughs>
0: we, we, so as we we're talking about it, though, and, and there is, we we kind of did get sort of deeper into it and in talking about identity and. Because that is an immediate representation of who you are. You hear how somebody speaks and you already have a snapshot of Mm -hmm. what their life was like or, or, you know, what their sort of world looks like. Mm -hmm. And we got talking about black Scottish people who are Mm -hmm. reluctant to use the Scottish Mm -hmm. accent Mm -hmm. and I had never really considered it. But Mm -hmm. what was your theory, if you don't mind recapping, about Mm -hmm. feeling
1: out of place or feeling as if this isn't mine to use? Yes. I would say when when I was uh, a rapper, I would say... I, you know do you know what it is right is there's no black there's hardly sorry there's hardly any black people in Scotland, so we don't have our colloquialism we yeah. don't have our mm-hmm. our slang or you know it's all in London or it's all in the states, so it's even in black and Scottish. I think we might mention this we we looked upon the America and England and wanted to be like them, so yeah. I found myself reading down that route, and friends of mine mm-hmm. I never really. It's funny, it was one guy who was a proper, you know, I think it's from Drum Chapel. you know, you listen yeah. to him and he, he was, so to us being from Africa, he was born here and the ones actually that were born here, mm-hmm. no issues, but he didn't, it's all about identity. You don't know who you are yeah. um, and it's still happening to this day. I see them all and community, black communities and they just, you know, they don't, not that they don't know who they are, but. We clearly, don't fully identify as
0: Scottish. Mm-hmm. I, I, I can. I'm not saying I understand this and I can relate. I can't, but I can. I can get it. Like it makes sense to me. Like you kind of would would feel as if you don't fit because, in a sense, there's never fully been a space created. Oh, yeah. Whether that's from people collectively being like, no, no, this is this is you, are you have your part in our mm-hmm. sort of jigsaw mm-hmm. uh, in in this country. Um, on Black and Scottish, your BBC documentary. I watched it and I absolutely loved it. Uh, and I would like to implore the BBC to put it back
1: on iPlayer mm-hmm. or something because mm-hmm. you can't get it anywhere. No, you can't. And but it's be, it's been um, repeated like thirteen times.
0: You know, it was that? I missed it. It was on in October, but I was on holiday. Were you? And I, then I missed it because it said last screen, I was like, you bastard, that was like the day before I got back. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh and I didn't realise. Um it was BAFTA nominated, uh, featuring prominent black Scots from all generations gathering their perspectives and what it's like to be black and Scottish. Mm-hmm. Your reason for creating it, was was it because you kind of wanted to show an example to you, your kids yeah, of,
1: you know, there are examples? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, 100%. Because growing up, I didn't have any... Black role models at all, mm. and I knew there was exceptional Black people in Scotland. And going down to London, was, even in Scotland, it was always I didn't know all the time I didn't know it was Black people in Scotland. I didn't know it was Black people in Scotland. So that was one of the reasons. Another reason was seeing my daughter not identify as Black at a, a young age. Mm-hmm. It was a case of right, I need, you know, there's there's a gene. There's Vanessa Canby. There's you know there's Jeff Palmer. And I knew that putting this show to, together, even if ten people watched it, I knew that my daughter would be able to watch that and go, mm-hmm. "She looks just like me. Look at that mixed race woman with her big afro out. She uh, sounds the, just like me. She sounds just like me. She's like, and look at what she's doing. Mm-hmm. Like that was that was exciting. That that I knew I'd done my job then. And and then now, well, n- next year it's officially going to be in the Scottish school curriculum. Schools are watching wow, it. Oh, that's amazing! So every kid in Scotland is going to watch this documentary, and yeah. schools have contacted me, telling me people have contacted me saying, "Oh, my son have watched Black and Scottish in school." So, mm-hmm. it didn't only do it for my kids; it's everyone's going to watch it.
0: Yeah, it's a it's a, a gift for for people mm-hmm. coming through. You'd hope things would be easier um, for them. It, they'll never be easy, but easier anyway than mm-hmm. past generations. Mm-hmm. Um, when I watched it I was I was really I don't know the right words I don't want to speak out of turn here I felt really touched mm-hmm. in a sense in the sense where it, it made me stop and go fuck man because I, I mean why would that ever occur to me because if that's not my lived experience mm-hmm. and there was certain things where I'm like I god that makes a lot of sense and mm-hmm. I thought it was absolutely amazing what I really loved about it you often the most conventional way of getting tv project off the ground is you go you write the brief you approach the commissioner you pitch for it whatever you
1: went the other way around and totally you just create the trailer that's what i did i created the trailer i got booked a place in citizen m you know because originally i wanted it to be your everyday people nurses and mm-hmm. you know like so i shot with a, an art, a couple of art students and I just went ahead and made it. So indirectly, I was teaching myself how to set up an interview, but it was just being my own. Mm. And because I, I, I'm a designer as well, I was putting together a logo and I a, a shot a, a full trailer piece. And and then, I knew, you know, I printed it all out and showed the video and went to one of the BBC commissioners and she was just watching it. You know, when I seen her just sit there and watch it, she's like, I love that, I love this, mm. you know. Two weeks later, it was it, it was commissioned, and I've continued to do that to to this day. Yeah, I just think it's putting something in a doc, putting together a montage of of images, or putting together some kind of pitch, um, is great. But when they can actually watch it and see it, then they they know, or oh, he must have this because look what he's done on his own. Imagine what it'd be like with a production company. Yeah, I completely agree.
0: I think it's it's a great way. It's obviously not always feasible um to be done but it, as you say watching something is a very different experience uh, to to just reading it. Um some some really fantastic contributors are on the show. Um mm-hmm. one who I'd really like to talk about who plays Eric on sex education, oh, yeah. people know Shuti is it Shooty Gatwa. Gatwa. Yeah. So he moved from Rwanda to Dunfermline mm-hmm. and then can I think seemed to be between Dunfermline and Edinburgh. Mm-hmm. Being in Dunfermline in the mid nineties, there's not gonna be many black no, people. None. He said there was none. Really? Wow. None. That's um I, I I thought it was a real shame hearing about some of his experiences, but then when I think when you got in touch with him he absolutely jumped at a chance a hundred, to take yeah. part, didn't he?
1: Oh he did. He did. It was he was shooting um uh, sex education in Wales.
0: They let him change his shooting day, didn't they? they so they could come.
1: They did, yeah. That's yeah. great. I just thought that was amazing Because 'cause he'd said, I have never worked in Scotland Ever and you know, the fact that you contacted me, it uh, was our researcher that contacted him and he spoke to Net they spoke to Netflix and Net Netflix said, Yeah, it's fine, you can take the day off, yeah. fly up for the day. So we flew him up and he left that thats that same night. That's um, just to do that and he was oh he was the nicest guy on I uh, interviewed him for about two and a half hours. Really? And he he just you could see him in the documentary. He just opened up. He was happy to like share. smile his, story. In his face. Oh, he was that. He was he was ah oh, he was an ma- amazing guy, and we're still in contact to this to this day.
0: I remember watching. I don't know if you've seen the meme. It's Leonardo DiCaprio in uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, where he's like pointing at the TV. Mm-hmm. That was me when he had a Scottish accent. I was like, what? Because I'd been watching Sex
1: Education. I had absolutely no idea. That it was actually Scottish, and sorry, even in saying that with with Shooty, when I spoke to him, obviously he's got he's got like kind of like an English accent, a very soft, very very soft Scottish accent. But when I spoke to him, he mm-hmm. said, "You're the first proper black Scot I've spoken to," and then I could hear the Scottish accent. Oh, and I was my. like, "That is unbelievable!" But then when he went, he sat in the chair, mm-hmm. it changed. So So it's weird, it's like, I think you need to see yourself to go, do you know, I think he was thinking to himself, I can be, I really can be myself. Mm -hmm. And then I could hear that accent. I was like, this is fascinating. You've obviously got your cousin Jean. I mean, Jean's career
0: in itself is absolutely incredible. Especially when when she started out, that really was, she was the first. She was. First black woman to be coming from Scotland and Mm -hmm. to go and do what she did. Mm Mm-hmm. Did, do, do you look to each other As a source of like inspiration Or or sort of I don't want to say inspiration But yeah, I suppose you know what I mean
1: mm-hmm. I know what you mean Yeah I would say at a later stage Because at a young age I was just used to it So 18, 19 She was doing She was working for The Disney Channel Disney presenter Then there was a thing called You Cool She was a presenter on that So it was just natural To see Jean doing that You know But it wasn't until A later stage She started to give me A bit more advice um And, yeah, definitely inspired. inspired. She, she's taught me a lot within this industry. You know, as mm-hmm. I first started out, people uh, would yeah. ask me to do this and do that. Can you come in this as a panel? Can you come in this show? And I'd be like, yeah, of course, yeah, let me do it. And then she t- said to me, look, Stuart, people are going to start to exploit and take advantage of you don't say yes to anything. Yeah. And then I would continue to say yes, but I totally understand what she means now because people are contacting me all over. Take the piss yeah, yeah, they do, they do. It's definitely... It's, Kind of exploitation there. To say we spoke to him. Yeah, I think I've got a wee bit of similarity with you
0: there. Um in that, I people take the piss. You say yes to things, and then you realise, but you learn. And but yeah, you, you you'll be warned. Mm-hmm. But for me, because you're you're someone who learns on the job and the mm-hmm. task you learn doing mm-hmm. it, and I'm I'm very much the exact same. I'm better mm-hmm. learning things as I go, and that's another thing. You can you can tell me a hundred times, don't touch that. It's roasting. But I'm them. only going to learn it until I touch exactly. it, and burn my fingers. How roasting is it? <laughs> I, I know. I mean, what, what level of roasting are we talking here? You? You're like, <laughs> fuck it, it is very hot. My fingers have been burned. Yeah. Uh, to be Bafta nominated for best director is just incredible Indeed. for your first, and the fact that you've just gone and done it all yourself.
1: Yeah, it's. I couldn't. I could. I couldn't believe it. And I, I generally, and then when I seen the o- audience award one as well, I was like, this is absolute madness. Mm-hmm. I didn't know. I never once thought about. After before, I did not have a clue about about that. I just yeah. knew I wanted to make it, and then it just did so well, and I was shocked. I generally was like, "This is crazy." I suppose when when something comes completely from the heart, then it, yeah. its authenticity
0: is yeah. is going to be. Absolutely shining out of mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. You described it As a seminal Defining film mm-hmm. Gathering prominent Black Scots For all generations mm-hmm. Dedicating it to your Kids and their generation mm-hmm. So they can grow up With a clear sense Of black and Scottish Identity mm-hmm. Now you said It was well received And it presented An undeniably positive Narrative on race In Scotland And the response Was largely positive it's a shame that we actually have to discuss this, but yeah, uh-huh. you know, I said the large majority of the comments in social media were oh, uh, racist. Racist, so sorry. So many, of the BBC had to switch the comments off. Mm-hmm. Things like "there's no such thing as black and Scottish." Mm-hmm. You're not Scottish. Now, Voltaire said, "We look to Scotland for all our ideas of civilization." Mm-hmm.
1: I feel like that completely fucking contradicts that. No, mm-hmm. oh, it was the, so upsetting. Like some, some of the ones were. There was one where my I said that my daughter wished to she was white at the age of like five, six mm-hmm. years old. And then people would come and say to me, well, she's got a good head on her shoulders, you know. And I was like, "Oh, so I was, yeah, I was a columnist and, you know, there's a few columns for, I think it's Gla- Glasgow Live, I spoke spoke about that. And then there was, there was um, so the comments went out on YouTube, uh, I don't know, there's was a hell of a lot of comments and, and then I noticed that they turned it off because the likes and dislikes were the exact same, you know?
0: Imagine being imagine that was your like that was your your way of existing. As much as like it makes you feel really I can't even imagine how you feel. It makes me I feel I felt
1: really bad because because it, it it you think about it, right? So the BBC are like okay, we're going to turn the comments off, but why did you turn the comments off? Mm-hmm. Why would you do something like that? Like, why not show how... Yeah. It says a lot, and uh, to this day, I think that was wrong, them turning those comments off. The whole point is for people to learn. So mm-hmm. people go there and see co- comment, and then you go on other BBC Scotland um, shows on, on YouTube and their comments are open. So yeah. it, that, that hurt me even more. Yeah, I'll be honest with you that did hurt me a bit more because they are a corporation you know they should be teaching others so having that amount of of dislikes and sheer racism online is just so upsetting so it says a lot about I think it says a lot about the BBC most of the BBC but I don't know it's a funny one it's it's like a culture it's culturally ingrained it. there's Mm -hmm. always a
0: denial of culpability like when, um, let's say, football fans of a club, oh, fuck's sake, this is a pure minefield, is it? Because mm-hmm. you're like, what team do I use here? Mm-hmm. Made-up United. Mm-hmm. The made-up United fans go and do something that's pretty reprehensible, mm-hmm. or they cause trouble. And the stock response is, well, they're not made-up United fans. You're like, well, he's wearing a fucking made-up United top. Uh, he's singing made-up United songs. Exactly. And he's following made-up United uh, to another country,
1: mm-hmm.
0: what more must he do to be a fan? So it's like this denial of oh, it's, and and we we racism and stuff. It's like oh, they, you know, we're the best we country in the world, and uh, no, they they, they they are no real Scots. Like no, they are, they are, and they're, they're inextricably linked and ingrained mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. fabric of this society. Mm-hmm. And until you start acknowledging it mm-hmm. and shining a mirror up to things, because so like see when the the George Floyd thing happened, or um I remember there was a clip of a a, a woman in Birmingham who shouted racist abuse at a bouncer who had mm-hmm. put her out and she spat at him. Mm-hmm. Now my first reaction is horror, like mm-hmm. absolute unequivocal horror at somebody doing that. But then you read the reactions of black people. And and they'll be saying like, well, that's normal. Standard. And I'm like, well, why am I so horrified then? And it's like because it's happening, but it's it's tucked away, and it's like, oh, no, it no, says. that that's not taking place. So that's why I is I like to consider myself a semi decent person. Yeah, would be speechless at that, mm-hmm. whereas it is actually happening. So see those YouTube comments. Mm-hmm. If I had read them, I
1: would have been horrified. Mm-hmm but, but I'm not seeing them because they're taken away exactly there's, there's, it's great it's great what you said and, and saying something you just mentioned there Um. there was a dread somewhere I don't know who it was some prominent black black person in London and he was talking about racism and he said what to do is go and speak to any black person in the UK and ask him what their harrowing racist racism story is mm. now there's so much depth in that because automatically he knew that they've all experienced racism mm-hmm. in several incidents of racism. So he's asking them what, and the hierarchy in the sense of what's your most harrowing. Yeah. That tells you everything. Yeah. It tells you, because black people, we I don't need to know what a black person is going through in Birmingham. I already do know that, yeah. or in whatever other city. So that just tell, tells you. The <laughs> standard I've... to us, it's like normal.
0: Yeah, and I've got a horrible, sad feeling that if you ask somebody that question, they probably would look up and have to think about exactly. it. Exactly. And, and have to rant and go,
1: hmm. Let me see, was it the one that, that spat in my face, or was it, well, Speep was telling the, the Cut Kilns were telling me people were at, were at the door with knives. Bash, I spoke to Bash the entertainer, and he was telling me some crazy stories as well over in. Where he was brought up, Drum Chapel, but it's standard. But like when you hear it, we our reply isn't. Yeah. Oh my god, that's tragic. It's like, oh, that that was worse than than mine. God, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's kind of
0: laughing and stuff, but horrendous. Bash. Mm-hmm. um This episode will probably be out before the interview with Bash. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to kind of hold on to that for a while for okay. for some reasons. Um Basically, tenants are announcing the winner of a thing and he and I spoke about it so I've agreed to get a hold on to it it. so people won't have heard the Bash interview by this as they're listening to this or most won't have anyway what was your experience working with him because Bash moved to London from the Democratic Republic of Congo Mm -hmm. moved up to Glasgow and hasn't really had it easy he Started creating viral videos for anyone who's not aware of him, mm-hmm. and he's now working with the NFL and KFC. And he was telling me he's got a black card at KFC. Yeah, he's two hundred and fifty pound
1: uh, worth of food a day. Yeah, I know all about that. So but... I was
0: like, mate, why are we still here? Like, why are we sitting here? Why are we not at KFC right now?
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I've seen him with that black card. He takes him a... like the the funny one was um uh he when he's going to parties, he would order food KFC yeah. to the parties, right? Lots. I'd invite him to every party. Ever yeah, <laughs> it would be amazing. And he. There's a few branch. There's a few um, KFC restaurants that when he walks in, they know what's you know what's, what's about to go. What's about <laughs> to go down. <laughs> he
0: was saying that like some there's loads where he's first went and in, in Glasgow and they've never seen the black car. I did not know if such mm-hmm. a thing existed. And he was saying that they'll be like, "Wait, what?" And then they go, "What? Who are you? Are you some sort of celebrity or whatever?" Mm-hmm. And I said that what he should do is give the card to his mum, mm-hmm. and then get hot to order. And when they ask, just be like, "Sorry, I can't tell you that." Just mm-hmm. to kind of fuck with them a little bit, yeah. To mess be...
1: with them and go, uh, what, "Are you going to have to Google that's me government business?" Mm-hmm. Um, just give me, a, just give me that, that sandwich right now. Give
0: <laughs> you my tens and our meals and just <laughs> mind your own business, you nosy know, bastard. <laughs> Did done. you your company create anything? Did you? Was that founded post? Black and Scottish,
1: yeah. yeah, it was. Yeah, that was as a contractor for, as a designer. um Yeah, that that been going, creating anything probably going for the last eight years. So that's how that company was established. But as a, because, um, I I'm a designer. I can edit. I'm color grading. I'm making music. Making films. I, can, I just felt like, do you know what? Not that I can create anything, but I knew that. I know what I can create but if mm-hmm. I bring other people in with other skill sets as a company yeah. we can potentially create mm-hmm. can do loads of yeah. things you want to hear your next things that's coming out
0: I'm really excited about this Black and Northern Irish yeah it's amazing mm-hmm. I love it that is I watched the trailer for it and of course I'm aware that black people exist in Northern Ireland like I wasn't born last week mm-hmm. But it doesn't spring to mind when I picture someone from Northern Ireland and to see these black people with that accent was like, wow, that is amazing. That is amazing. Like these thick Northern Irish
1: accents. Even me as a as a black Scot going over there and speaking to them all, I was like, what did they just say? There was one guy, Tommy McCarthy, European boxer, and he was the one like, you know, he was a strong accent. Mm -hmm. But from meeting all of them, it's honestly we we we're cutting it. We're cutting with an actor, Colin Salmon, who was in all, most of the James Bond movies. Um, and he, and just listening to the stories, they're very similar to... Very similar, but you could tell that... Even when you go to, to, to Belfast, you could tell, th- you know, you see the flags and everything. Yeah. So you imagine having that sectarianism and then obviously being black. So people would say... Um, are you Catholic? Are you Protestant? And we ask them their name, and there's a thing over there. Once they hear your surname, they know what where you're from, but like Catholic or Protestant. But yeah. then a lot of them would have African surnames, so I would ask them about sect- the sectarianism, and they would say, "Look, we're black. We've already got our issues. So imagine <laughs> yeah. being black and a Catholic. Imagine what that's like. I know. But um, it's a it's a one hour documentary. It's it's definitely a step up from Black and Scottish just the way we shot it and our approach to it Black and Scottish was had people singing but we we were at the Titanic Belfast we were um, Tommy McCarthy's gym we were at the Mac Theatre we were all over the place so there's a lot of like actuality as well so you get to see these people Mm -hmm. doing their thing and going over there the funny thing was is um, when we shot at the Titanic Belfast that day all these black people arrived and it was the first time all of these black people came together as a community like Mm. the first time wow ever and they all they're all now in a whatsapp group and it was me it was our team that had done that they'd never met each other Mm. and i just thought that was fascinating we've indirectly created a, a community yeah do you have a release date for it yet not yet we're actually just finalizing the edit just now and Basically We got the BBC commission We got the But they'd said to us I'm going to give you A half an hour For um, On a Friday Friday evening 10.30 And we just went You know We've shot 12 hours Worth of footage This is an hour Long or a feature documentary Because there's a lot more To say mm-hmm. Over there Yeah And we were just like Do you know what We, we, we can't take that we, do, we can't do it We need to release it On our own So we um, Funded it ourselves Didn't take any payment and just went ahead and and uh, made it. So that's the reason why it's taking a lot longer. Mm. Um, but we're putting it... I'm going down to actually shoot with Colin for the intro because he, he's he's his his kids are Black and Northern Irish. So hopefully you, the trailer, the, the new trailer for it should be out in the next couple of weeks. And we're looking at maybe January because one of the main things that we wanted to do was not release it in Black History Month in October. Mm-hmm. We said we are not doing that because... If you notice, Black and Scottish was out, October Black History Month, Bashes yeah. was out, you know. As if, like, I will throw them a bone. There you go. I say that all the time, and I said, you know what? Like, give them um, something. Give them something. Like, the, you know, the work that you're working on, um, imagine there was a specific month where they're like, well, in this month is... You can release time. it in 4.20. Yeah, in 4.20, 20, but you can't, you can't um, release it any other time of the year. So yeah. we decided that... No, we're not going to release it in October. We're going to release it whenever we want. And we're going to... Quite right. So what's happened now is we've now got the BBC and ITV interested in it. And nice. um, we're going to be speaking to Netflix and, and Amazon I'm currently working with Amazon just now, so I'll kind of throw that in there as Mm -hmm. well. That is,
0: Yeah, I hadn't considered that. For anybody wondering what the 420 reference was, I'm working on a documentary about why cannabis should be legalised for medicinal Mm -hmm. or decriminalised for medicinal purposes. And that is true if they were like, yeah, well, you can have it on this little date. It's like, nah. I mean, we all do respect, but fuck you, you yeah, know. Like, we're not with we, zero respect. Fuck you. Like, yeah. you can't
1: just put it in this wee thing and then go. That's it. We'll, we'll toss you a wee, a wee thing, man. There you go. Good, good lad. Good, yeah, exactly. And, and also, that's obviously for linear television, yeah, which will then go on one of the streaming services in the UK. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, I'd love people in. Australia, Japan and anywhere yeah. else in the world and, and when you're releasing something Let's say on YouTube Originals Or if it's on Netflix They don't go You know, you can release it It's always in the ca- catalogue Yeah, You know, it's always there uh-huh. And there's, you can watch it at any time Why are you giving people the opportunity To just watch it in Black History Month? So there's, there's a lot in in that, you know mm-hmm. And also I've seen a snippet of Um your documentary and just, I'm gonna switch it up just for the listeners out there. It's unbelievable what Sean's doing, so I can't wait to to see that as well. It'll be all right. It's um my narcissism comes
0: to the fore. I get to watch myself on screen. That's all I really care about. It's not actually yeah. to do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm,
1: for him to think I'm being serious, I'm absolutely am. No, I'm I'm not obviously. I watched it, it was very good and also yeah. um, I heard your T V voice and I remember when I had to do my T V <laughs> voice for um, for Black and Scottish and uh, it it's just like oh it's it, you know, it it like? that Yeah and is then you, and you watch yourself and you're like, God and I was looking at myself and God I'm so thin is like I need to put on some, some weight, we're you not know thinking about what I'm actually saying. I'm like <laughs> I know, it's funny out, you're like, How's my hair looking here?
0: And it is and it up my calories of you, yeah, but it's but funny like, that please, like how it, I, if you've um you get any self-image issues, don't don't watch yourself back yeah, on the camera. Yeah, please don't. <laughs> um I'm about to wind myself up here and and I fully appreciate that it'll be far more difficult for you, but it would just be ridiculous not to touch on it. But as we kinda have spoken about racism in Scotland, um you've said that you didn't become fully uh, fully aware you were black until an adult shouted racial abuse as a kid, that's horrendous. You said about high school in Glasgow in your history class with two year. So called yeah. pals, yeah. Um, drawing a picture of the KKK on horseback. Uh-huh, uh-huh. That's fuck all funny about that. Mm-hmm. At college, being told you were an exceptional artist, but having a teacher that wouldn't engage, engage with you, she yeah. gets sacked. Yeah, what did she say?
1: She just felt like, why is this person, why is this black kid trying to be an artist? Fucking, you know what is that all about? You'll not succeed in that. There'll be other roles Other mm. rules for you and she just, uh, just you know just passed by me and said we're like lucky shit. to be there exactly uh, becoming a
0: lead designer for a major bank introduced your team on the first day, and later found out a couple of the designers didn't want to be led by nope. a black man
1: they didn't what the fuck I know they just they, they didn't want to do it and like okay we need to have a team meeting and uh I don't want to have the team meeting we'll... and the funny thing is is that the the boss found out but didn't I'm just, I'm just, you guys can't do that. That's terrible. I'm thinking. No, goodness. you should be
0: getting arson necked neck to at the door. Where your belongings following you shortly yeah, after. Exactly, exactly. But I wasn't. I wasn't surprised. Have you seen um, the four part documentary series on Barack Obama's rise to office on Sky? Uh huh. Phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And there was a segment where um, I think Barack Obama was addressing. Congress or whatever, the Senate, whatever it was, mm-hmm. about the need for universal health care. Mm-hmm. And like one of the congressmen or senators from South Carolina shouted out, You lie, mm-hmm. and like completely disrupted him as he was speaking. And he, Obama quite graciously just looked over it and continued talking. And that was dissected and explained of the significance of that. So when would it been President Nixon for the Watergate scandal? Mm-hmm. probably one of the, he eventually had to resign did he yeah. not he was impeached yeah. and stuff probably one of the biggest scandals of all time that we know of anyway in American politics mm-hmm. and when he was addressing again I can't remember I don't know if it's Congress or the Senate nobody said a word mm-hmm. nobody they, they kind of showed him that respect and there was a massive uproar to the point the Republican Party or the GOP were like you fucking apologise publicly mm-hmm. now because even they accepted it but it was dissected and it was shown that you somebody who grew up in the South in America and in real privilege to, in a bygone era because the guy's like maybe he's 50s and mm-hmm. 60s and this was like 10 years ago or whatever. And it was like, it's not just that he... And that was why a lot of them kind of just went against Obama. The, the policies made sense, the proposals made sense, but they were like, I am not having a black man who is beneath me and their, their eyes tell me what to do. Mm-hmm. And that hearing that about those guys in the bank, it's like you've probably been brought up a certain way by a, another cerebrally impaired mm-hmm. family member mm-hmm. and and they've just got this ingrained thing of, nah, you're no better than me. And, and they've got this superiority complex, completely unjustified. And then they're going, nah, I'm just not having it.
1: Yeah, well, well, it's fun. They, they, they say that with, with white supremacy, they said what the gene... The genius thing that they did is they took their working class, or they took the people to them, because you know there's hierarchy within the white community as well. But they took the people at the bottom and told them that they are better than black people. Yeah. So when you've got everyone thinking the same, even if that black person is more intelligent or educated, they will always still think that that is all that has been ingrained and that's been ingrained that. That way of thinking, so that that's why it makes sense. It doesn't matter if they're, I don't know, a homeless person or someone on, you know. I'm not saying.
0: I think you no, know. What I th- I,
1: mean. I completely
0: know what you mean. No, I do completely know what you mean, and I think mm-hmm. everybody listens. So I don't think that could be um, misinterpreted. I, mm-hmm. I do understand what you mean. That hierarchical thing. Mm-hmm. It's um, it's 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 very annoying and to go back to the the th- quote in Voltaire you know, people saying we look to Scotland for ideas of civilization. I was like, really? Mm. No, no, <laughs> I, don't I think, think
1: so. I think, I think, um, I don't know. I don't want to really get into the whole slave trade in Scotland many years ago. God, I don't. That's, I, I don't that's wanna, a whole one-hour conversation on its exactly. own, isn't it? I don't want to get into that, but at the same time, it's 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 uh, how much are you actually doing for that? Don't get me wrong. There's not that many um, people of colour in the UK, but there's enough to make a difference, mm-hmm. and Scotland's very good at. saying, oh, we, we I was actually thinking about this the other day. We like some people saying to me, "Oh, we didn't know that there was racism still existed," and we're uh, like, "Fuck and, off!" And you're like, "Well, how would you know? Have you spoken to the black community or what yeah. community? How would you? Have you mm-hmm. been into the inner cities or have you?" You know, institutional racism. Have you spoken to people like me who? How how would you honestly know that? Yeah,
0: I mean, I I love Scotland. I am Scottish. I've I've lived here. I've lived in England. I've uh, lived in Spain for for so many years, mm-hmm. and I love it. I, I love my country, but I also dislike it as well. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the things I dislike and wish would change is the whole the sort of f- false. An ins- an insincere What us No Like yeah. plain, plain dumb yeah. It's always like Can I keep blaming Everything on England mm-hmm. Can I blame everything On the Union Jack mm-hmm. There comes a point Where we have to Be honest to ourselves And be like mm-hmm. No well, hold on a minute You know What part did we play And people go oh, It wasn't me I know it wasn't you I'm not saying you went to Africa and uh, An African country And mm-hmm. took people Or brought people back mm-hmm. here I'm not saying you did But Your f- complete failure To acknowledge it Kind of it nails our feet to the ground. We can't really move forward. or, or to be like, no, no, that's no us. Like that is in Scotland. That's that's a British thing. Mm-hmm. See, this is why we need to be independent. You're like, mm-hmm. nah, no, 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 nah, it's... nah. You need to be a, far more honest with yourself. Like this country can be a racist hellhole at times. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: but yeah, hundred percent. I totally, totally agree with you. Um, and for people listening, I absolutely love Scotland. I, I really do. I'm the first to to speak about it and and promote it and proud to be a a black Scot, but at the same time I know that there is an overhanging history that has not been addressed fully and there has been people that have said to me, look, but we didn't do it, but we didn't do it, and it's like, well you need to know what's happened, you need to know why things exist in Scotland, Mm. you know how how the money has been made Tate and Lyle, for example one of the biggest Um, companies, the sugar companies, um, Mm -hmm. taken from, from Jamaica, that's how they built, built their company, you know, off Mm -hmm. the back of that. And yet, you know, milking two sugars, you're just not even thinking about it, but not realizing that's the reason why these guys are so successful. Mm -hmm. Why you've got a multi-billion
0: pound company and then you go, sorry, no, that was people before us. Like, Yeah. "Mm, yeah, it doesn't completely absolve you.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's true
0: good point but in a, in a, and to go back to a lighter note and in spite of so many of these barriers and awful people still thriving i mean the, the projects are working on with amazon yeah Amazon Prime. a big one yeah talk me through that
1: that was unbelievable that was um and i have to give big up screen scotland um uh, one of the guys there david smith who's always supported me and and he just said to me, look, there's someone that wants to speak to you about a project. I don't really want to go. To... He's like, I don't want to go into it. And then next thing, it's Douglas McKinnon, who is a director who's responsible for things like Line of Duty, Sherlock Holmes and you know, all good omens and mm. all of this. So he contacted me and just said, look, you're a, um, a director. I'd love to work with you. You know, I want to get you on board. There's this thing called the Nancy Boys. I would love you to make the making of and if we can, there's good omens to possibly get you in a second unit director. And I was like, what the hell is going mm. on? <laughs> and then a few months had passed and then the production company contacted me and they're like, we would love you to work in this because we feel like it's a 95% um, black cast and we feel like you're the person to kind of help tell their stories mm. and, and tell the story of, and Nancy as well, and that's what that's within the behind the scenes, and then we want you to do the promotional work as well. So, I've started work, working on that. I've been on set at first stage studios in Edinburgh, and they've they've, they've built this Brixton Street. They've built partners of Jamaica. They're using this technology that used in the Mandalorian, um, and it's just when I was there, I was like, oh my god, this is the the COVID pro the, the money for COVID protocol is in its millions that's, you know it's yeah. huge that's probably just a wee chunk of change exactly so so there's some really good actors on it and I'm just so happy to be working on it and just mm-hmm. having those conversations with Amazon and and it's just like it's a it's it's surreal at times but um I'm re- very happy working on it for the next six months and also within that I started a diverse company called Re- Reframe is their diverse talent tool and 10 of them are now working on this Amazon project all getting paid a very good amount so I've been responsible f- for that and they're just like we'll take the talent even if they live in London we'll pay for their accommodation and travel and everything mm-hmm. like just we we want people of colour behind the camera Yeah, that's kind and I'm of- like this is so good this is exactly what we're looking for it's
0: like trickle-down econo- trickle economics if it was actually a thing that actually did work. No, that's great. Yeah. That's that's amazing. I'm looking forward to seeing some of the things you've been working on. Mm-hmm. I, I I would suggest as well that for the fact that they've sought you out, and I've said this to you before, the fact that they sought you out, you've then gone and done the
1: job that you've done. It's been such a great success. Next time they'll be like, we know exactly That's it. who we're looking for. That's exactly right. And I think from com- completing that and through the company Create Anything, I think completing that, having that on the in the list will mm-hmm. you know, hopefully it's like do you wanna work on the next one? Or yeah. as a production company small production company in Scot in Scotland, it's it is a big contract, that's something I'm very, very proud of and and it's an international piece and there's another international piece I'm working on. Um so that's I'm very very lucky I think.
0: What do you call that thing when somebody clicks the thing and goes action? Yeah, it's a clapper board. Clapper board. I'm available to be the clapper board uh, guy. <laughs> Five grand a week expenses.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's the, They've got hundreds they, of money. They, they, have, they have they have got a lot of money. Yeah. So just do the clapper board. I'm, I'm but, the only guy for this job. It has to be me. That's what we say to them. Yeah. And there's there's extra work happening. And, and, and you know, it's all. all People of color just go out there and apply to to work on it. It's mm-hmm. and it's quite a good bit of money for it for it, for twelve hours work, but you don't work the twelve hours. But you just sit about and you eat just stuff. sit about and be someone that looks like you live in the street of Bri- streets of Brixton. I um,
0: I get asked. I can't even remember how this came about, right? But I get asked, did I want to be an extra in an advert for EE, right? And they were filming it in Leith in two thousand nineteen. Right. I was like, "Aye, fuck it, I'll go. That'll be quite fun." Went through to Edinburgh purely, sat about for. I was, that's was, that. then got down to Leith, it was outside the Malmaison Hotel, hotels so at Leith, Leith Shore, and they kind of started the filming and stuff, I think it was for something to do with their 5G, started the filming, and it was freezing, exactly. so see, after about two hours of standing outside, I just fucked off and went mm-hmm. to a cafe and got a rolling sausages and just went up the road, <laughs> <laughs> I,
1: you I, I didn't get paid for it either. Yeah, no, you know, you, ha- you den- genuinely will be sitting about for hours, and that's just to do with setting up. Just just setting up really. And sometimes you'll go there for the twelve hours and you'll be on for like fifteen minutes. But you still was, get paid the same amount.
0: I was acting like as if it was like I was James Bond or something to get away because every time I tried to get away somebody's like, Oh yeah, if you just stand here I was like, Oh yeah. fucking hell man, like I, did, I just want really... to and what I ended up doing was um they Would be like everybody walk in a circle, and it's meant to be as if you're just walking about. Mm-hmm. And then I just walked, but it just didn't stop, mm-hmm. <laughs> just kept going. And then I sat, I got a <laughs> rolling sausage, rolling tea, a scone, a coffee, and a diet I'm brewing. I just sat in this window, like with my hood up, just watching everybody still doing it. freezing. Oh god, and I don't regret it. I would do it again, yeah. As we round up, I want to say again, after everything was spoken about what your mum said to you. Mm -hmm. that you're going to have to work five times harder than white people because Uh they won't look at you until you're an exceptional human being Mm -hmm. she was depressingly right about how Mm -hmm. some cerebrally impaired vermin Mm -hmm. would look at you but the reality Mm -hmm. is I would say you're an exceptional Scottish black man Stuart this has been a genuine genuine pleasure oh thank you so much I'm so happy to be on Thank you. Thank you for coming and thank you for listening. And we'll be back with another very, very, very good episode of Blethered soon. Cheers.